0: Welcome to this week's of Comics. I'm Alex Ashback,
1: and I think that Don McLean's song "American Pie" is an affront to freedom and all that this country should hold dear. Alex. <laughs>
0: Really enjoyed was not so much American Pie by Don McLean, uh, but the Weird Al parody about Star Wars.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great song.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's really the first time.
1: It should be spread around. Yeah. Not the, not the hate message from Don McLean about the good old boys that are drinking whiskey and probably at home doing inconceivable things what? to their family.
0: He's also drinking whiskey and rye. Anybody that just drinks rye, they you're like, oh man, sorry, I'm a little hungover, I had a lot of rye last night.
1: (laughs) Like rye bread? Yeah. Would be my first statement. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, it's just a tone-deaf song, and Don McLean needs to be canceled. And American Pie is a travesty. I don't want to say it's on par with Corona. I don't want to say that, but I will, because it is. Well, thoughts, Alex. Alex is 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 American Pie by Don McLean as bad as the corners? Yes or no?
0: No, no, my fact. It, okay, I, so
1: we. I'm so happy that you and I have differing opinions on some things. That lets everybody know in our audience that you and I aren't just you know cutting up a rug, having a good time here. We're having real talk and real debates. So, I think that that benefits our listeners. I don't know about you.
0: Is this how you're trying to like get us to like grab like national headlines like? Podcaster claims Don McLean is worse than coronavirus.
1: You're not. Can we edit this out? Like, we don't need people to know why we're saying the things we're saying.
0: We can, but I I refuse to.
1: (laughs) You refuse to edit at all (laughs) for any reason.
0: Yeah, because this is real. (laughs) This is is live. uh, This is the real world.
1: Yeah, it's what happens when you stop being polite. You just got to start getting a little. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, unanimated. Or, yeah, yeah, sure, that's the one. Sure. real, real, real. How are you doing, bud? How's it going? I'm, I'm swell. Uh, how's how's your wife doing? I heard that she is famous now.
0: Yeah, she won state teacher of the year. uh,
1: uh that's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's incredible.
1: Uh, she no joke won ten grand, ten grand in Girl Scout cookies.
0: Yes, we are. Buried in several ones that aren't thin mints. So, I'm like, what's the point? Just give me ten grand and thin mints.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't need to waste time with your fucking lemon doodles over here.
0: Yeah, I don't need Samoas. I don't need tagalongs and your whoopsie doos and your hopsie Dops and your gingerinos or your, your tree
1: Actually, actually, I do really enjoy tagalongs because oh. I'm a I'm a slut for peanut butter. Okay, all whenever I, I have a, a tag shirt along that says I'm a slut for peanut butter.
0: Whenever I have a tag along, I'm like this is just a terrible version of a Reese's cup.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Reese's are a thousand times better because there's no cookie involved.
0: Yeah. And if I wanted crunch into Reese's, I get Reese's sticks, which is still better than a tag along.
1: Uh fuck off. It's not rageous or die. Reese's sticks yeah. are the uh inbred cousin of Reese's. Reese's sticks uh, our second on the bottom next to Reese's pieces. Yeah. I fucking said that Reese's pieces. Reese's sticks
0: were like my breakfast every day for like Ugh. a few months. Whenever I worked a job that I hated and made me depressed and like, that's how I got through my day. Just having some Reese's sticks.
1: So like when we met and worked at Best Buy together, you were eating Reese's sticks for breakfast.
0: No. Cause that was a job that was great because it's a job that I didn't care about.
1: Oh, fair enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you're going to fire me from this minimum wage job. However, will I replace it?
1: <laughs> Man, they paid a shit there. They did not pay us a livable wage. Don't work at Best Buy. Uh, or or do. I don't care. We, we literally have
0: car. no idea what it's like to work there now.
1: And it could be no. Crazy. Yeah, it's been a, it's over a decade. Yeah. Anyways. I have
0: got, I'm drowning HDMI cables still.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got enough monster HDMI cables to uh, fucking drown a horse. I don't know that you can drown a horse with hdmi cables but you could try You'd be really fucking sick but hey yeah. whatever uh hey how about i talk about some news that happened sure. in the last couple of weeks uh so joe biden has passed a new law oh are, am i doing are we on our normal show or our comic book show
0: we are on a comic book show we are not on crossfire local podcast based off the classic kids board game <laughs>
1: All right, Superman. Uh, there's Superman news, a.k.a. Joe Biden. Just kidding. Uh, Superman, new movie, uh, not starring Joe Biden as Superman because that would be awful as fuck. Or really good. You're you're talking about <laughs>
0: Superman script being produced by J.J. Abrams with the script being penned by Ton Hesse Coates.
1: Fuck yeah, I am. Are you pumped for this? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if it's Are going to be world story. Is it Superman yeah. book. No, I mean like...
0: What? We've talked. You know, I talked about like we're you and I are not like the biggest Superman fans at all, but we appreciate the character really do when he's done well. And yep. I like Coates. Coates work a lot uh, on Black Panther and Captain America because I think Coach does a great job of getting to who a character is beyond their powers and abilities.
1: Yep, uh, he is. He is really an incredible writer, and I'm I'm very excited to see what they come up with. I hope it doesn't suck. Uh, and in the hands of these two men. I feel like we might be in for an actually uh, potentially the best Superman film of all time.
0: But to me, it is uh, it's like, now. for me, it's just another DC project that's been announced. I don't, I don't know if it ever will come to existence.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, super, super exciting. Probably the most exciting that's happened in the last two weeks, Alex. We have like three or four seconds of footage from why the last one.
0: Yeah, that's nice.
1: Wow. The world is holding its its breath.
0: Although in a way it is, because like, oh, wait, this this is confirmation that this actually does exist.
1: It lives. It is out there and I can't wait. I'm so excited. I have seen like five seconds and it's the best five seconds of television in history. Uh, (laughs) uh, Speaking of great television, Boys season three has started filming. That's cool. Just a little footnote, really more than anything. Good for them. Oh, we got a sponsor for today's show, Alex. Uh, today's uh, episode is brought to you by Totino's Pizza Rolls. Pizza Rolls. When you need to blister the roof of your mouth, Pizza Rolls now really? comes with real sauce and three exciting flavors Cool Ranch, Nacho Cheesier, and Mint. First pizza Rolls. Totino's.
0: Don't ever besmirch Totino's ever again in this household.
1: <laughs> they oh. paid me $3 to do that. And for three dollars, i, the I person do that knows,
0: like, when you pull something out of the oven, you don't pop it into your mouth immediately.
1: Uh, oh yeah, and then you do the hot <laughs> thing with your mouth and breath, and then
0: you pull it, take them out, you let them cool. And when you put it in your mouth, you don't just shove the entire thing. You take a bite, a normal human-sized bite, and no, that way your mouth isn't like it's covered in uh, Taco Bell's fire sauce.
1: I, I went today for my new job. I was in a faraway land called Tulsa, and I ate a delicious cheesesteak. Uh, however, I got really upset, uh, and I ended up doing my Fuff of ha 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 thing because I wanted to eat so quickly. But they called Matt, which is my name. Uh, you don't hear it on the show, but that's actually my name. Uh, and then they brought food to a child at the table next to me, and I was furious. Oh, this is yeah. not my food because <laughs> I like got up to like, go get it and take it out to my car to eat. No, 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 no. I had to fucking wait. I was the next person up, but it was insane waiting until a child got their food before I could. Have eat. you
0: thought about like legally changing your name? like, so that wouldn't, this wouldn't problem. Wouldn't be a problem.
1: <laughs> uh, Vincent adult man is out there as a name. And I would, I really appreciate that. I don't That's- ever want to be confused with a child ever again.
0: I think you should change your name to The Batman.
1: It's not a bad name. He's got, I mean, it's got a great connotation. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking hero. Yeah. He does heroic shit. Uh, Alex, did you know that we are less than two months until the first Marvel movie that will have been 675 days in between the last Marvel movie? And you want to know something? interesting is it only took Elwood's and legally blonde seven minutes to win her first trial for murder, but it takes Marvel 675 days to produce a second movie. Is that fair?
0: I don't want to know how you got those numbers.
1: I which, which ones real (laughs) there. What number troubles you, Alex? The seven minutes that it took Elle Woods to clear a woman
0: just so many things of murder. The fact that you know her character's name just
1: rolled off the tongue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Issue one, sure. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. I'm Uh, just gonna move past uh, this. I'm gonna move
0: past this. Do you have any more news?
1: Oh well, I mean, what do you think about uh, you know waiting six hundred and seventy five days in between Marvel films? uh especially when you consider elwood's accomplishment of getting okay. somebody off of murder in less than seven minutes
0: one i'm not going to talk about the 675 days until Good. Let's, talk
1: about, let's talk about legally blonde or do you want to talk about Legally Blonde too red white mm-hmm. and blonde
0: okay so i'm going <laughs> to jump into this week's episode if there's no more news
1: <laughs> all right let's uh let's go to our last wander corner then we have our final Wanda Corner of the WandaVision series. Alex, how do you feel? Uh,
0: zero out of ten.
1: Okay. Uh, spoiler alert for WandaVision. And for uh, what show are we talking about?
0: Marvel's Behind, Behind the, Mask.
1: the Mask. There you go. Cool. Wanda Corner. Uh, uh, one of the greatest lines in cinematic history, I felt, right? Did that m- uh, moment not in episodes eight not make your uh, insides feel tingly. Do you know what I'm referencing? No. There's like memes galore. Are Uh, you talking about, uh, it's something that vision says.
0: Yeah. Uh, his goodbye to Wanda. Uh,
1: well he says, but what is grief if not love persevering? And that was very beautiful. I thought that that was fucking poetry.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was a very sad moment because, like, I read all these fan theories and I was promised that Magneto would appear, that Gambit would appear,
1: that the OJ Korsman would appear. That I, somebody told me OJ there. was in this thing and I was yeah, fucking I read,
0: as well, I read that Leslie Nielsen was going to be there as well. Uh, and all these fan theories. Actually, I'll say that was one of the things I loved about the fanality. It was just that it proved all the fan theories were stupid.
1: Uh, Yeah, it it kind of gave me some validation that Marvel still knows what they're doing and that they can still stump the shit out of all their fans because they're not going to go direct from... No, 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 guys.
0: This Locust wallpaper is totally Mephisto hiding.
1: Uh, Man, let me tell you, the shit that fans come up with and read into is insane. I love talking about it and reading it, but it, it has no fucking bearing.
0: I did love the finale and the, the ending that you mentioned was vision did make me feel incredibly sad. But my only criticism was just that Pietro was uh fake Pietro.
1: Oh, we're going to get into Pietro because uh, his human name is the best name I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about that finale though. Like you, we start off with like a uh, wizard of Oz uh, kind of vibe with, yeah. Agatha getting crushed by a house from Wanda. You see the boots and everything. And I think there was also a nod to it at the end um, on the movie marquee. I think for a brief moment it said the uh, the great and powerful Oz. Is
0: what it yeah. Was. yeah. 100% right. I
1: only know that not because I saw it but because everybody tears every fucking frame of this show apart.
0: Uh, uh, I kind of want to jump towards the end, but I just want to say I loved Wanda's costume. Like, I love seeing her actual costume, both with oh, the headpiece, with, the
1: head piece? with yeah. the head piece,
0: and then later with her flying away where, with the hood up as well, too. Yeah. Uh, I thought those were we finally got to see her in the actual combat costume, and it looked great. Like, like Marvel's costuming has pretty much always been on point, and Wanda is no exception.
1: I loved the double vision uh, fight scene. And I wrote that mean, specifically like the, that because that's a cool talking about phrase.
0: The fight scene, or just the, or just the, or just the, just a casual chat they had.
1: Both, they were both fantastic. Yeah. But the fight scene where they were phasing through each other and like yeah. locking that other vision into themselves was fucking so cool. Yeah, I don't feel like we got to see anything like that in film that I can recall. That was really neat to me. As a fight scene aspect, and I can literally see Alex's brain turning as he's trying to find. No, I'm trying to think of other
0: examples. The closest one would be uh, Kitty pride, but she never fought anybody else that could face like like she did in the X-Men movies.
1: Yeah, it's it's not somebody. It's not two combatants that have that ability. Yeah, I mean, you you get um, in Infinity War, you have Thanos doing that to the Hulk Buster suit. Uh, when he throws him under the rocks yeah. right before he rips Vision's whole fucking head out. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the greatest name in all of Marvel. And I think I'm going to legally go and change my name to this.
0: Okay, you're talking about Ralph Boner?
1: Ralph fucking Boner.
0: Do you know what that is a reference to? No, what's it a reference Growing to? Growing Pains. Uh, Kurt Cameron, one of the friends in the show, his name was Boner excellent and the director of our episode matt shackman he was also a child teenage actor uh and he was in growing pains as well too so i think that was a call <laughs> callback uh to to growing pains
1: that's excellent uh yeah i also wrote down uh the to your credit because i've got my notes here for when i thought of wanted vision and stuff uh <laughs> for that costume i just wrote that new costume bitch like so, it was so good
0: do you think it's going to make your top 10 list by the end of the year?
1: Yeah, not a question. There's zero, zero doubt right now. It's sitting firmly at number one. I think, uh, I, I would need to look at our list of stuff that we talked about, but wow, really good. We've actually had, now, I will say there, there was room for it to have been better. I don't know how you feel about that,
0: but yeah, I mean like, uh, uh- my complaints are minor quibbles at most, with the Quicksilver one being the the largest one. That's also because, like, I want the X Men now; like, I don't want to wait. Same. And I and I love Evan Peters as Quicksilver, so it's it's those two things.
1: It's a double fucking whammy that way. I a hundred percent agree. Now, that being said, my minor quibbles. Uh, let's get them out of the way. Let's. What What are your issues?
0: Does, I mean, that's really like. I I wish they had done. I thought nine episodes a good run. I think they had ten planned originally, but I think the story didn't work out as well. And then I know COVID impacted some of the stuff they had planned uh, as well, even though some of the stuff was reshot later uh, during the time of COVID.
1: I wanted more Darcy in the finale instead of her having a three-second... It definitely felt
0: like uh, Kat Dennings had a scheduling conflict by then, and, like, had to, like, go be somewhere else to shoot something else.
1: Or they had an episode 10 planned for her to have more to do, and then it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, let's go... Uh, let's let's jump to the end here, because we, we probably should start talking about Behind the Mask. Um, but, wow, what a heartbreaking and gut-wrenching final few moments oh, of Vision's existence. Just... Knowing everything slowly creeping in, I cried. It was extremely emotional. Yeah. Uh, how did your cold, cold, uh, robotic vision heart feel about all this?
0: No, I don't think I definitely got choked up during those final moments. Uh, and I was watching it with my wife, and she teared up during it. She's a real human being. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, it's. Uh, I think anyone that could. Can feel anything, uh, would I mean feel touched there, especially because, like, not only like it's lost their kids, but just also is double down because Vision just happens to be the most eloquent speaker in the entire MCU.
1: Yeah, Paul bettany has got a fucking voice on him, doesn't does he? Not holy shit. And well, oh, I, forgot, have, I forgot about the kid aspect of it, I yeah. was thinking about more of them, but like, yeah, she went and like tucked her kids in, yeah, knowing that she was basically not going to see them for a long long time if ever
0: and it's one of those things like we have talked about this before but like how superhero films don't tend to especially for the performances individually don't tend to be respected at award shows and while they might not care i definitely feel like paul bettany and elizabeth olsen deserve nominations uh for their performances in this show
1: Man, if they don't deserve nominations, they they at least deserve to be considered for. If a Emily in film. Paris
0: can be nominated for a Golden Globe, <laughs> then, then Wandavision can be nominated. Well, for I'm Golden not
1: sure Emily herself, the woman who played her, was nominated, so we can hang our hat on that, Alex. Um, what about? Let's talk about some uh, mid or post credit scenes. Which yeah. one would you prefer?
0: Uh, we can do the. Because I forgot what the mid one. I know what the post one was.
1: Uh, the mid one is the Secret Invasion.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the scroll tie in.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, cool. Monica Monica's going to be in Secret Invasion, which doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I think.
1: I don't no, know if Secret Invasion comes out before. The tie that we've got right now is Captain Marvel, so it makes perfect sense that yeah. Rambo's- And
0: I know Monica's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. I can't remember if Captain Marvel 2 comes out before or after Secret Invasion.
1: Ah, interesting. That'll be that'll be something that we should uh, look into. And then we've also got the post credits scene with the. Uh, uh, well, also, sorry. What did you think of that? Are you excited for that? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm probably. A, I think Secret Invasion is probably the second most Marvel TV show that I'm excited for behind Moon Knight.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, it's it's top three for me for sure. Definitely more excited for that than I am for Falcon Winter Soldier. I can say that much, um, but I'm not not saying that that show's not going to be great. Yeah. Um, I, I I liked it, uh, and as soon as that they they went into the theater, I mean obviously something was fucking up. Like yeah. I kind of had a feeling it was scrolls. So pumped for that. Uh, what about the astral projection? We only get a, a moment of that in the post credits. Yeah, there. a brief
0: tease with astral uh, projected Wanda and I don't know if one is even aware that it's happening as well, uh, but her Oh, interesting. Flipping through the uh, the dark hall uh, which obviously is going to lead into Doctor Strange 2.
1: Yeah, and we, and we got a, a nice line too. Uh, obviously, I don't think it was much of a throwaway line as much of it was a intentional tease kind of a thing but I felt um saying that Wanda was the most powerful magician was was big stuff. And, yeah. and specifically name-dropping that she's stronger and more powerful than Dr. Strange himself was but, interesting.
0: Which, I mean, I think you could even argue in the comics that she's that way, but more powerful is definitely better because Dr. Strange, you, I mean, even though he's a medical doctor, he is learned in his field. Like, no one has more knowledge or pure mastery sure. over the craft than Strange does.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Like there is a reason why he is a Sorcerer Supreme and one has never been the Sorcerer Supreme.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But okay. I mean oh so so what's your season rating? Let's let's just get this out of the way.
0: I'm gonna actually I'm not gonna say because I'm gonna wait until the year end. Oh okay. Uh, so that way uh if it makes my top ten uh if Yeah if if yeah, well, we've had a solid start to the year. We've had WandaVision, Resident Alien, and Superman and Lois. We have not had a dud yet so far this year, which compared to how last year started out has been much more promising.
1: Yeah, if if these three all came out last year, they all would have been in my top ten. Uh,
0: I will To ask you, are you going to watch the Making of episode that's going to come out this week?
1: Making of WandaVision is coming out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it just because i probably watch it like Friday night like I do each episode. i will probably watch it like on a lady Saturday. Uh, well, let's,
1: then- let's, let's pull back our curtain a little bit. Here's what, something that we could do. Uh, and, you know, we're spitballing on air ideas for recording for next episode. So next week, uh, or rather in two weeks, we're going to be talking about Justice League. Yeah. And then two weeks after that, we'll be talking about Falcon Winter Soldier. On one of those, if you're in, I would definitely be up for having another Wanda Corner and we can discuss The Making Of.
0: I will say by that point, I will have forgotten all about The Making Of. Uh, Fair enough. It. Because I, I'm i going to watch it. I think it'll be enjoyable, but I think it's going to be more of a fluff piece than anything else.
1: Okay. Any Maybe we'll, uh, although, we'll highlight uh, yeah. news from there, I don't so.
0: know. Because cool. like, there was the documentary series in The Mandalorian for the first season and those were really enjoyable, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll play it by ear. We'll figure it out, along with our audience. Okay. Uh,
0: Matt, segue nicely into what we're talking about this week. Uh, we're talking yeah. about another documentary on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. We are talking about Marvel's Behind the Mask.
1: Oh, I watched The World According to Jeff Goldblum.
0: Uh-huh, yeah.
1: Oh, no. This is a disaster. A very enjoyable
0: series, I must say. I watched all of that as well.
1: It actually is really good. Yeah. Why is that show so good? Why is Jeff Goldblum uh, kind of talk in a way that's uh, kind of like this, just a little bit? Wow. But he's also kind of interesting.
0: You're ready to uh, go ahead and step in in case he dies for season two. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm into that. So Marvel's Behind the Mask, uh, like I mentioned, is a documentary. It's, just not, it's not a series like we did for the documentary series uh, for Marvel 616. That's what the documentary is called, right? Correct. Yeah, this is just a single uh, documentary. It's a little over about an hour and 10 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, and Matt and I were interested in it because it focuses more on the comic side. Not more. It's 100% on the comic book side.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Of
0: Marvel. And it tells the story chronologically uh, of where the comics and kind of how they began starting with Stan, but not so much stuff that we've heard time and again. But it pivoted stuff I didn't expect. And this documentary is largely, largely about representation, uh, both in comics and for the people that work at Marvel. Oh Um, yeah. And how Marvel comics has both been ahead of the curve and also had missteps that they called out at the same time as well, too.
1: I thought this was, I loved, I loved them owning it. Like, Hey, like this is something that we probably should have done better or had more insight on, but they were also like, Hey, listen, like, you know, you know things when you know them and you you know when you figure something out it's what you do after that point that really makes the difference
0: and they had and i was impressed that they got marvel writers from across the entire time like they had classic marvel writers like roy Thomas who took over for x-men after stan lee left the book in the 60s they had jerry conway who wrote spider-man for a bunch of other books they had Anna Seti, uh, who was one of the first female, big female editors and writers at Marvel. Uh, but then they had Christopher Priest on there, who had big runs in the 80s through the 90s uh, to even now. Chris uh, Claremont. Chris Claremont, yeah. And then they had more modern writers like David Walker, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, and someone else I know I'm forgetting right now. Uh, but so it was a... I don't know. It was a lot more intriguing. And it opens with Joe Casada talking about the f- differences between like Marvel, and you talked about Batman later. But how, when you write for Marvel, the person in the costume, the hero, is not the character. It is the person, and it's called Behind the Mask, but the person who they are whenever they take off the mask, that is who the character is. That is who the audience, the reader relates to. The fact that Peter Parker has an aunt. Has a girlfriend, has best friends, has trouble. Has a sports.
1: absolutely huge hog. Like, these are the things that we as readers care about.
0: Has problems like in high school, like, has trouble making money. Like, that's the kind of stuff that He's like, got pulls acne. the reader in. He's got
1: dick acne. He's got so many kinds of acne coming out of so many holes.
0: I think they did mention acne. <laughs>
1: oh, no, they definitely did. Yeah. I also said acne, and Alex and I are on Zoom right now and my face got so close to the camera that I could see <laughs> all of my adult acne.
0: Isn't that, like, isn't that weird? Like, I don't remember like, grown-ups or adults having acne when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, what the fuck, man? This yeah. is some bullshit. Yeah. I was told when I turned 22, I was not going to have any fucking never acne in my
0: life. Never once on The Friends... Ten years later... I never saw a single episode on The Friends where the Chandler or the Roth or the Monica were covered in acne.
1: Yeah, it's, Goddamn bullshit. Yeah. I also have not seen an apartment like that that you could fucking rent in New York. Some okay. goddamn bullshit. Which
0: is a subject that you and I are both experts on.
1: Yep. Yeah. Living yeah. in Oklahoma, we know all about New York rent. We know
0: rent control. We yeah. know the word third and Broad Street. No. Wait, 24th and Wall Street. Yeah. That, on
1: Broadway. Yeah. That's all exactly. we can say of that song. Nugging Yeah uh oh. this this documentary was really fucking cool though because i hadn't thought of it in those kinds of terms but now it's also caused me to kind of examine other comic books that i've read and see if they're applying the marvel method and if so to what degree um so for example i've been reading um lucifer for example
0: Mike carry uh, one
1: Mike Carey's run on Lucifer, which is only like 90 issues. So quick read. You should all pick up all 90 issues real fast. I agree. But you get a little bit of the peek behind the curtain, but it's not, you're not exploring Lucifer's family. At least not really. Lucifer
0: is very much a character study. It it is not the powers the devil has. It is the burden that comes with being Lucifer.
1: Yeah. Uh, And man, it's again. It's a lot of problems that stem from having a huge hog. Uh, most of the ninety issue run is. I am
0: really starting to question if you are illiterate.
1: <laughs> I can read pictures really good. <laughs> no. Uh. So behind the mask, uh, what what did you think of? some of the like the stories uh so for example i think my favorite one was uh the guy that was the first uh black person working for marvel and he yeah. was like i just didn't even fucking realize like nobody told me you know yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and like <laughs> to that regard too like when christopher priest talked about like working at like his early days at marvel uh talking about how like when you worked there I he's like
1: christopher priest
0: how I know he his writing today is still amazing. Uh like I talked about like how we worked there there were black jokes, but there were Polish jokes and Jewish jokes, and he's like, he's like it's problematic at the time, but like that's the way it was back then, and there wasn't like any malice like behind it. Uh so
1: it it was more like an everybody's in on the joke. We're all these for lack of a better word, like rejects, like we're all. Sorry, misfits is a better word. Like we're all together as one. Like we've all come from. It's it's a fucking melting pot. Is what Marvel ended up starting as.
0: And like they made it seem like those working at early days at Marvel would be like the funnest place in the world to work at. Like just oh yeah, you're drinking by like yeah two yeah and what (sighs) how people who just come in and like pitch them ideas and like show them their art and like ink out stuff and like show them by the end of the day like that would be an incredible experience.
1: Yeah, they have an open door policy where you can yeah. just come in, show them art, and they would yeah. give you direction yeah. or say, fucking get lost, kid. Yeah, that's, I mean, you could go in there and do it.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, to me, it's amazing. Uh, but stuff too that, like, we learned that, like, whenever they introduced the first black character into the Howling Commandos, the printer thought it was a mistake. And so they made him white. Stan Lee had to call them up and chew them out. Uh, and how like Larry Hama press him. with like, why do we color the Asian characters yellow? We need to stop doing that. Uh, just stuff that like, I never really thought about, which obviously makes sense. I mean, cause I come from a certain position of privilege being a middle-class white male. Uh, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad that there are people there that realized the issues with this for comics back in the day and made those changes. And
1: And it's taken us so long to get there and to watch Stan Lee go in and be in in his thirties in these interviews, thirties and forties and be like, you know, at a time when it wasn't cool or it wasn't a popular idea to be, you know, defending other people like you were just out there just living your own fucking life. But here he is like, this is what the world is like. We're going to represent what the world is like. And he never gave a thought of like, Oh yeah, we're trying to amplify anybody. Like this is just how the world is. And
0: it was interesting to me, like they had Jack Kirby's son talk about like how his dad was a thing, and the thing was his dad. And then I like that. We later heard from David Walker uh, talk about how when he talked to Dwayne McDuffie, RIP Dwayne McDuffie, one of the greatest comic book creators, I think, of the '90s, if not later as well. Uh, for Milestone Comics, you want to have the right. You should read some Milestone books. Uh, they are talking about who your favorite black character was, and David Walker said the thing was his favorite black character, even though Ben Graham in the I, comics is a white person. But the thing represented this otherness that, like, he hadn't seen in comics before because you cannot hide who you are, and he obviously couldn't hide being black, and so like that's why he represented or not represented, but that's why he gravitated toward the thing.
1: I love that, and and somebody else said uh, in the basically in the exact same vein that the Hulk too yeah. was the first black superhero, and I I love both of the analogies there. Like it's all about that otherness, especially like, back then.
0: I'm aware that this documentary was made by Disney about their own imprint, so it. I mean, they probably could have editorialized some stuff as well because it's like some like hard hitting investigative journalist piece. But I still really appreciate it. for what No,
1: it is a fucking puff piece put out by the people who are responsible for these comics and they're not going to cast themselves in a negative light no matter what. But, but I was you still- take everything with a grain of salt and realize that, hey, there was some progressive shit happening back then. It's nice to know that my comics that I'm reading now had at least an element of that.
0: Uh, but the thing that made me really just like, I can't believe any of this, was when we talked about North Star uh north star oh, who, who was the first openly gay character major <laughs> character at least in for the big two uh and how they had a storyline where he had aids uh and I, I can't remember how someone put it i, I think it was one of the academics interviewed he, he's, he's like they tried like maybe it was tom brever like we like they tried uh, but they realized that like maybe they were going too far and they pushed back and so it turned out that north star didn't have aids But he was also like part fairy, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that could not be worse.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad they owned it and they didn't try and like shove it to the back.
0: And 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 they did like show like the the cover of I think it was astonishing X Men, uh, of North Star's wedding uh, in 2004 2008, I want to say, which which was a big landmark issue whenever it came out at the same time. So like. They, without saying it, like, they're kind of insinuating that, like, they realize they made mistakes. They still want to honor re- representation uh, from people across not only uh, different, uh, b- different backgrounds, different people of color, but they also want to represent people across the sexual spectrum as well. And, like, they have tried their best to do that and represent that.
1: It's something that uh, has definitely been difficult for a lot of people to do and a lot of companies to do. And for somebody who's in the, in the business of storytelling, uh, there's not a lot of time to catch up with what's going on in the world. You kind of have to be there and be in the moment and just ready to fly by the seat of your fucking pants. Well, And, and like overall, I think they've done an okay job. There's, and they're the first to admit, hey, we have mistakes in our past. We could have done things better.
0: Well, and I'll say the first two-thirds of this documentary actually set up the X-Men perfectly. 'Cause like they talk mm-hmm. about how Peter Parker's not Spider Man, he's Peter Parker. Steve Rogers is not Captain America, he's Steve Rogers. But when we get to Claremont's run on X-Men, they talk about how Claremont like they realize there is no hiding behind the mask. Wolverine is Wolverine, whether he's wearing yellow spandex or whether he's wearing a cowboy hat, uh, and a duster. Like he's still Wolverine. Nightcrawler is nightcrawler. There is no hiding who you are, because you cannot hide who you are. You have to embrace it and accept it. Uh, and that's where the opposite. I did love the, the line from Anaceta, how like Claremont wanted to have like Xavier start dressing in woman's clothes, and she's she like, "That's a bit too far, Chris. Like we need to, to pull in the reins there."
1: But I like, love that, and, 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 and the like, fact oh, that Claremont shows, was ready to go there.
0: Yeah, like, and it shows too. Like why X Men's probably been such a big book for Marvel is because while they're a major part of the tapestry of Marvel, those characters have always been different from your traditional superheroes.
1: I think that there's a character in X-Men for everybody. And I, I truly believe that if you're a comic book fan, X-Men has a character that you will like and enjoy that is written. And you will always uh, be able to come back to that character and find a safe space with that, you know, that, that person in that world.
0: Is that character for you gold balls or exploding boy?
1: Uh, gold balls, because we have part of our name is the same in gold.
0: Oh yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And you want to attend the same school as Miles Morales, Brooklyn visions Academy. So I don't blame you.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you keep sitting there like for the hundredth time, sir, you're just clung a random school in Brooklyn. That the Brooklyn visions Academy on a real place. You're like, I'm going to, you're going to let me in.
1: Yeah, the only reason I want to be gold balls is to produce uh, gold balls and be super rich. So, I will say even though that
0: we have spoiled a lot of the documentary, I still think this is a hundred percent worth a watch. If you were interested in the comic books or just diversity and representation, I, I think this is a really interesting watch.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's called, they're, they're more than happy to call themselves out and say that, you know, we've come a long way and we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, But we're always here to try and champion the things that we can champion. So if you have an issue with us, let us know, like we're going to, Always be trying to improve and get better. So, that's something that is is highly admirable. Um, whether or not it's something that they mean, I think that they do. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like at least to a degree, that's something that they really take to heart.
0: Yeah, I agree, hundred uh, percent. so what would you rate this documentary at scale of one ten?
1: I mean, it's fine. I'm not going to go out and rewatch this shit or anything. Like documentaries are are enjoyable. they they serve a purpose, and that's that. You will not be finding this in my top 10 at the end of the year, regardless of, you know, what happens with the rest of the year uh, and some other shit. But I give it a seven regardless. Like, it's fun. It's a nice history lesson. It lets people know where we've come from, uh, especially in, in you know, Marvel, obviously. Yeah. I'll
0: give it around a seven. Uh, I think it was really good to watch like you. I'm only going to watch it once. But it's something that I would recommend to anyone that has an interest in either topic uh, to give it a watch.
1: Yeah, I would have. I would have eventually seen this anyways on my own, and that's that's just you know real talk. Like, I'll say this, not trying to uh, blow smoke.
0: Watching this makes me want Disney Plus to do more documentaries on just the comics as well.
1: Oh yeah, I I mean you've got so many creators to pull from that have decades of experience working for your company why not you know put them up in a hotel for a couple nights and have them talk to you
0: well i would 100 too like if we are like okay we're going to do a documentary just on like the thor comics and they talk to the big thor creators over the years uh and we'll do that for solar surfer we'll do that for uh the x-men we'll do that for oh, that'd be fun. yes i would watch every single one of those like yeah. i would love something like that to where you hit all the big moments you make me want to go back and read those issues if I haven't read them already, or reread them if I have. Uh, I thought that would be great.
1: Yeah, you make me a thirty minute to an, like a twenty five to uh, you know an hour documentary on each one of these subjects. Like, I'll watch every last one of them. Yeah, I'll eat I those things like fucking popcorn.
0: Uh, okay, but now both read it. Like Matt talked about next week, we debated between two big things that are going to be released for our next not next week next episode. <laughs> Justice League, the Snyder Cut will be out. And so we'll Falcon Winter soldier. We're going to talk about the Snyder cut on HBO max. Uh, so we can talk about a couple more episodes of the Falcon and winter soldier.
1: Yep. Right. And we'll go. We'll, yeah. We'll be doing our Falcon winter soldier corner. Uh, just like we were with Wanda, uh, going forward. So we thought it was probably just a better idea to knock out that justice league.
0: Yeah. What's going to be weird with the TV shows? We'll have a lot of Marvel content by the end of the year. And it'll be interesting to see what Marvel content doesn't make our top 10 list because usually we have three or four things and they all always end up making it.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, at this point right now, we're about two months away from, like I said, our first content from uh, the MCU in 675 days. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, as always, you can email us at henchmen at comics at gmail.com.
1: Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever uh, books or porno magazines are sold.
0: For henchmen comics, I'm Alex Eschback.
1: And you can call me Ralph Boner.
0: Henchmen ain't easy.